0: Hey, it's Fumble Podcast number 24. We talk about dice rage, we have some basic tips for noobs, and also updates and all the other shenanigans we usually get up to. I'm not forgetting our prize winners. Enjoy! This podcast is sponsored by tritexgames.co.uk. Hey, and welcome to Fumble Podcast 24. This is our third take of actually trying to do the introduction tonight. <laughs> I am Throek. This is Morehouse. And this is your friendly neighbourhood Purple Chest. Yes, welcome uh, boys and girls. We, we did it. it, we did it. <laughs> oh, my laptop didn't fall off the table, my Brandy and coke is still intact, and we're ready to go. So, um, quite a lot to do today, but the first thing we'll start with, like we always do, what have we been up to? So, Purple Chest. What have you been up to, Blood Bowl-wise? I've been taking beatings. Um, (laughs) I said Blood (laughs) Bowl-wise. Well, that too. Uh,
1: In the the box trophy, I'm trying to crack through those. I've got about 10, 12 more to do. Um, I've just passed the 100 mark, which is nice. Uh, So I'm going to end with the score I wanted to, which is over 100, and ideally over 105, and that looks doable but my dwarves sadly will not get the 30 points out of 30 because you get three oh. finishing. They're going to end on, I think, 28, 28 and a half. Uh, F13 has got 30 out of 30 with his Norse, which I think is outstanding. Really, yeah, really good. Really, yeah. really good. Um, my Norse have completely fallen off a cliff, so I, I, I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed using the Yeti. He never used a Yeti, and I, I do feel the Yeti, whilst fun, probably holds the team back a bit.
0: I think, yeah, I think really they
1: you more that. around fourteen hundred, I think they're more lethal at that range. Yeah, and I think the Yeti pimps you up to a range where they can suddenly get the just the yeah. crap. In
2: that, uh, in that format where you're just trying to win the highest percentage of those thirty games as possible, I think yeah. staying at low team value is the right meta with Norse because they're just a little yeah. better.
1: I think I think that's what I've learned from the Norse this season. I really haven't enjoyed the Norse much. I mean, I did when I got the Yeti, and that cheered me up with it. But um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. My, I my think the same. The dwarves end on 28 and a half, which is, I still am happy with that, Out of, you know, for 30 games. I lost three and drew three, um, so that's okay. But simultaneously with that, not going quite as I wanted, because I was in with a shout until I got a terrible mauling off some undead with just awful dice. And then the very next game, I got taken apart by a very good wood elf coach with a oh, an agility five, natural one-turning leap catcher.
2: Well, that makes it tough, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, it oh,
1: I just don't see the need for them. But as all that was happening, my goblins suddenly went on a nice little run. And from having been in a negative place, uh, the last game was typical goblins. Uh, it looked unwinnable. I was 200-odd up, um, but we devastated them in the first half, took loads of them out, scored. And then in the second half, it all fell apart. Every <laughs> the goblins failed. do that. everything yeah. failed, and we lost it two-one. But we still end our run exactly even: twelve wins, twelve losses, six draws. Oh, Which gosh. is, pretty I fair. think, that's oh, yeah, terrible for goblins. And one of the things that makes me think that is we snatched the goblin racial lead. Oh, did uh, you? I mean, joint goblin racial lead with uh, Fixie with F13. Mm-hmm. So uh, who got the you know the thirty out of 33 with Norse, so I'm I'm chuffed with that. Um, yes, the goblins yeah. have clearly done better than I thought, but my my I've now still got to finish my high elves and my humans, and neither of them are doing particularly great. But that's what I've been up to. I've been playing lots of box,
0: loving it, uh, and getting those games done. Nice. Yeah, my box teams are terrible. Um, <laughs> I have just had... I'm just, just crap. It's just been awful. So I'm trying I'm trying to get them done though. Um, I think my most successful, probably Norse, 14 games, 10.5 points. No, that's not bad. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I had a really good run with my high elves, and then it's just turned to crap. And goblins have oh, just not worth talking about, really. <laughs> <laughs> but never mind, yeah. never mind. I yeah. have been playing a little bit of uh, BB2, as well as right. some box games, uh, and as well as doing some one 4 League admin stuff that season started uh-huh. again and people seem to be happy and enjoying it. It's nice yeah, to always remember people news. out
1: there if you know someone new at the game or if you play someone you don't think they're that brilliant try and gently suggest they might find a home in the one four five. It's a great <laughs> way to yes. try and retain coaches that otherwise can be a bit just a bit run over uh, in either R or B if they're not you know yeah. they're, they're yeah. Yeah. what well. I will do is I
0: will put a link to the league yeah, um, cool. on the description of this podcast.
1: And I'm currently rocking some halflings in there, so if you yeah, want to come kick some halflings,
0: around, oh nice, yeah. Me and Proak
1: are both making ourselves available for some newer players
0: and coaching tips come free when you play uh, in the 145. You probably won't Absolutely. want to listen to mine at the moment, but. Never mind. <laughs> um, what else? Was it? Yeah, the BB2. Um, I've kind mm. of fallen out with it a little bit. No, that's yeah. wrong. Not the game as such, right? But a certain league which shall rename rename I can't speak <laughs> remain okay. nameless well, um, they know who they are it's been a previously discussed <laughs> league um, it is not treble um, which is the totally relaxed blood bowl league which is fantastic I um, oh. love that place it's really good fun mm-hmm. um, but it's another one anyway right. mm-hmm. and just the what I felt was a little bit of toxicity, a little bit of cheating, and a five-minute disconnection rule. Five right. minutes. Right? So if you've disconnected, if you've got an old potato laptop like mine, it takes right. you eight minutes to reboot yeah. it. Right? So therefore, right. it's an automatic loss for you. Even though you're winning not, not even,
2: Not even your turn is over or a turn number, but you lose the game. Yes. if you are gone for five minutes wow. uh, that that's, I mean th- that right there is a microcosm mm. of everything I've ever heard that makes me never ever ever want to play the Cyanide Blood Bowl game, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, I,
0: mean, like I don't fumble, even know what though. else to
2: say about that, that's, that's horrendous that, that's terrible. Because
0: then all your opponent needs to do is say um, oh actually I can't play again this week sorry about right. that and right. if you
2: have the type of people in the community that are that cheesy that they would want to win that way Then there you go.
0: Yeah. So Mm. um, (laughs) yes, I'll be honest. I did lose my call a little bit, um, and uh, I I have had to uh, depart. (laughs) <laughs> said, well, um, I to. Now, there's an interesting phrase of words.
2: Right? <laughs> well, I've forcibly been departed.
0: <laughs> well, do you know what? My only hang-up about it was is that part of it, um, I was representing Treble, and I don't think I did it justice. To be fair, um, sure. But I'm back in the uh, BB2 wise. I'm back in the uh, bosom of uh, Treble, wow. and loved by my brothers and sisters. there so
1: well. Look, I mean, oh, you know, awful. your mileage may vary with any league. There are some really good long. Oh yeah, league. definitely. Some of the problem with some of those, though, is that sometimes the admins know some people better than others or trust some people better than the others or because they're so fractured, you have admins that aren't particularly experienced at adminning. Mm. Um, and, I you know, there are also cases I've heard of where there are some rules that, like that, frankly, don't seem to be particularly user-friendly. And then people just enforce them rather than... I mean, I, I was an admin for many years running tournaments. And whilst I had a very strict set of rules, what I'd never told people that was within that I allowed the human flexibility to listen to people and take decisions Um, and I I sort of I ran it as an utter dictatorship that anything that needed that level of variance had to come to me so anyone else that was helping didn't have that sort of level of varying power and it just meant that sometimes you can find human answers to you know problems that aren't actually solved by something someone wrote down you know on the back of a fag packet five years ago, <laughs> yeah. because we needed some rules. Just,
0: just to give it right. some context as well, um, I'm not usually like that. You two have played me quite a lot, and I, I'm not like that. I very rarely lose my call. Cool. and I think what triggered it was that from turn two, my opponent whined. And I don't just mean like a uh, little whine, everything. Just <laughs> pure yeah. whining. It's and it's a not fun, wine. is it? It's not fun to play against that, for goodness sake. <laughs> And we're going to get onto that in a minute after your update, Morehouse, but we'll come back to the dice okay. mining aspect. Okay, okay. So, yes. Morehouse, what have you been up to? Yeah. Mm. Uh,
2: well, I uh, I kind of decided this weekend that I think that the, the League stuff and the WHL stuff I've been starting is going well and kind of flowing a little bit, so it doesn't need to be babysat necessarily every second. So I'm going to start kind of getting back into playing other stuff on Fumble more and spending more time oh, in like some ranked and maybe some tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, and I played the first time in like a year I got on Game Finder and p- took the first person who said yes and uh, Nuffle rewarded me with a uh, plus strength and a plus agility after the game. So I, he was happy to have me back. Or oh, on, you,
1: you told me this story. You're not making it full. What has he given you the on though?
2: <laughs> well, that's we can discuss that because we had a nice little talk before that I think would be interested in. I got I got plus strength on a rookie tree, and I got plus agility for the second skill on a wood elf catcher that was already plus agility. My so I have a,
1: response, and I didn't really mean it, but I'm prepared to back it up is sure. Well it's then you either. shouldn't have taken either.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> so so Dave question is either of those really worth it team value wise? And so I will first say uh and I don't mean this to be too harsh on you, Dave, but I, what my response to anybody, if, <laughs> if, if you have to ask me, should I take Agility 6, then yeah. no, because you're not good enough to use it. <laughs> if, if you can't see a million ways you would use that, then it's not for you. But oh, I've I rocked
1: some <laughs> very fine Agility <laughs> 6 players.
2: I'm
1: yeah. No one could go. Um, but, I oh, yeah, see yeah, the value of it, but I, I understand why lots of people don't as well. Yeah, well, I um, mean, if... Do you like, want to explain the, what what the agility six problem is?
2: Well, it, it does not increase passing skill. So that I mean that it, passing passing caps at AG five the same way that dodging caps at AG six. So like your strength seven death roller can't break tackle at, at agility seven because and the your strength it, seven tree. Right, yes, correct. So, for whatever reason, that's just it's a there's a hard cap on it. So, for passing, there's a hard cap on agility five. So, your agility five player passes the same as your agility six player. So, in that sense, it's wasted. However, uh, for dodging, and, of all
1: modifiers, so even if there's a minus yes. one for the sun, you don't get to pass like your ag five nope, and your ag six. Nope. It, it's absolutely meaningless. Yep. Yeah,
2: you never get to use ag six on a pass, no matter what. It's meaningless. It mean so, nothing. uh, but for pickups and dodges and catches and anything else you do it's nice and it's just it's so game-breaking to position it
1: it isn't because you say that of course even in the rain you're still picking up on a two plus with agility five
2: right but not agility mm, six it only helps in tackle zones yeah, which is from. which is the situations where you win games as Wood Elves? And <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs> you, you know, help two tackle
1: zones on it. <laughs> Yes,
2: which is how 90% of your Wood Elf games go. Your Wardancer pops the ball in between four players, and it ends up in between two of them. And then instead of marking it up and hoping something happens, you dodge in between those two, yeah. pick up the ball, and dodge right through them and keep going. And cool. it just... I mean, I, I had a... An agility six war dancer for a while and i i mean if you look back at the record i think i won 47 out of 50 games or something with that play i mean it just it if the ball hits the ground and a good elf player has an agility six player the game is over you lost i mean it's it's that easy you cannot let the ball hit the ground one time it's so nice yeah, now that being said
1: 5 catcher on my league high elf team and I didn't even think of it as dodging in to get the ball I would just walk in pick it up and right
2: it, I say I, I glide into tackle zones <laughs> I don't dodge into tackle zones I'm like I'll okay, so Sonny Liston I, it just, I, mean, I just float the listeners
1: will have zone. to make up their mind it does yeah. not help on any passes it doesn't help on any pickups even in one tackle zone or even in the rain Correct. it only helps you get into places where you are dodging into at yes. least two tackle zones Or picking up in at least two tackle zones. Correct. And for that, you are paying forty k, forty TV, forty k.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. We are also talking about two
1: of your skills are now plus agility on a catcher, which means you
2: haven't got the other skills that you might want there. Yes, but but there's no there's no cap is the thing. So I you know I. we're talking about a team that's going to be by the time they're ready to play in a major twenty eight hundred team value. So, sure. you know, is is the difference between twenty six or twenty seven sixty and twenty eight going to be why I lose? No, but you know, the agility six might, miss, might be why say I say
1: block win. or sidestep on that catcher. Uh,
2: well, I hope to get that eventually too. But or, you know, I, actually, I really want to do wrestle dauntless, it will so he die. can. Go- he can glide <laughs> into <the> cages <laughs> without even leaping and <laughs> hit the ball. I yeah, leap on fun. him, I think, is
1: a total, total Yeah,
2: waste. no, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do waste on him. I, I mean, okay. the ward answer it was fun,
1: but... Yeah, you've away. made your case on that. I, I'm okay. still not 100% convinced, although I would take it too.
2: Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. But He'll probably die does in the first not game,
1: need but... to be strength seven. Particularly for uh, that's 170k <laughs> that's going to yes. root turn one and do
0: nothing. <laughs> but, it, but you don't I mean, get a strength eight tree, man. Do you? No, unless taking... you take a strength
2: seven. When it, Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, okay, so the tree. I think there is more legitimate debate, and there are a lot of people who are very good with wood elves who would just take block. Yeah, yeah. and so I that that I I understand that. I st- I mean, first of all, it's more fun for me, so I'm going to take it, it anyway But but secondly, I do think. Something that you do a lot with wood elves that you almost don't even notice yourself doing, but it does cost you, is you're constantly bringing over an assist to get that three dice block with the tree. And that's one extra wood elf that could be doing something else every single turn, you know, in a lot lot of times. Uh, And it's also when people inexplicably to me decide they're going to surround the tree and block it, that's (laughs) one more of their players they have to put on him to to get two dice on him. So I I think (laughs) it, it does help. Uh, it, it is useful, although I think, it, like if you told me I could never roll another plus strength or another double with the guy, I would probably just take block. Right. But the fact that it's easier to get a, another, another double than it is to get another plus strength, because if you get plus if you get strength seven and block, now that's really nasty because then you're three die blocking with block all the time. Yeah, that would be quite evil. Yeah, and that's a nice nice player. So so the the, the strength seven tree I. I I won't defend as vigorously, although I'm still happy to have it. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see why someone would not take that one.
1: I mean, if I take my min-maxing hat off and I look at uh, having fun playing Blood Bowl, then both of yeah. those are incredibly fun players.
2: Yeah. Uh, they well, they and change the might... challenge
1: both for you and the opposition, yes. and that creates a fun, interesting team that's going to be different to other people's
2: teams. Yes. and uh, so I so actually... I'm, I'm
1: completely behind you, but obviously. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and honestly, my, I guess what I should say is that I'm not... Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not sacrificing my ability to win a game just to have fun. You know, that would be ridiculous. So <laughs> I am but but my general philosophy about the game is kind of the opposite of, of the sort of min maxing philosophy because I think that the bigger your team gets and the more weird and the more different your team gets, the more it stresses the other coach out and the less he understands yeah. how to deal with it. You know yeah, what I mean? And so a bit of
0: that that's a good point in terms of when you look like, at somebody else's team and you go, oh, why have they chosen yeah. that?
1: Right.
2: Yeah, and, and then and, and you like, can't like, start, like, with,
0: how am I going to deal with that? Like, guys who are, like, the well,
1: master
2: the, of that... The like,
1: Slan and Vampire freeze.
2: Right, yeah. We've yes. all seen players
1: suddenly facing Vampires or Slan and defending in a way that you just think, this is not how you defend against that skill set. What are you doing? Right, uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. It people just, you know, they, they're not solving that problem. They're not used to that problem.
2: Yeah, yeah. And things that, you know... uh, like, uh, like Quarian 8 is a great player who's like a master of this, who takes all these silly skills that you're like, what is he doing? This is so stupid. But, but then he, the opponent, because the opponent assumes it's stupid, they, they get caught off guard because they, they don't expect what, you know, he's got like in WHL, he's got an agility four Minotaur, right? And they're thinking, why would you even take one agility on a Minotaur, let alone two? But yet I have seen him win games against good players passing the ball to that Minotaur. So it, it it's not like you can't. Win with weird stuff and sometimes it gives you a strange little advantage that the other coach doesn't see coming when you have unorthodox skill choices I think too.
1: Look, there are players it's not true for. Some people that min-max to a level that is terrifying and are, are brilliant coaches as well. Yeah, well but you got to know to yourself me, too. To me, right? yeah. It's the same argument as some of, the, um, some of the people that spend hours and hours sort of using test mode to play out games they're going to play in the future. Sure. I... <sighs> If you're going to work that hard for that 0.02% advantage, then yep. I think I'm already going to beat you because, uh, you know, that, that, yep. I, I don't need to work that hard for that advantage. I'll find that advantage right. in the game. There's um, a certain… That slightly more creative, flexible mindset is a positive way to go in. I think if you think there's one yes. plan and you're going to build exactly for it, I, I would suggest that probably means you don't have enough other options on the pitch.
2: Yeah, there's a little bit of inherent like insecurity in that, right? When you know someone is trying that hard to gain one tiny little advantage, yeah. I just feel like their confidence is not really that high in their ability to improvise. And that, yeah, so I definitely agree there.
1: I mean, that said, it's not like I build teams to be deliberately not
2: you know, <laughs> sure. I, I try and build
1: them effectively, right. but I right. take some fun, interesting things when yeah. I can.
2: Yep, and you got to know yourself too, right? Like every yeah. different players have different strengths. Some people like a more orthodox, controlled, positional game. Some people like a more wild, open game. And so, you know, you got to kind of. So that's why I hate skill choice advice so much because people ask me, me what would you take like what, what, what yeah what well like what what I would take is not what the best thing for you to take is you know what I mean what what do you want to take I don't know what you so I think it depends
0: on that though I mean we'll talk about that in a minute um, yeah a lot of people out there don't really know what to take because they're not you know maybe they're new to the game or mm. but into some right, eyes, right. in skill choices it, it's it's all contextual isn't it it's right. contextual within the team it's contextual with the player style the yeah, race that, 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 everything
1: the first thing I will always say is if you want me to give you advice on what skill to take don't just tell me about the player show me the whole team yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah. That's the very basis on which I can then perhaps yeah. offer you some generalised advice. Yeah. But what even hey? then, Arrested <laughs> Development, who I think is a fantastic theory bowler, and also probably my personal online cyber stalker, um, <laughs> <laughs> he that's called you. me out one time because we were having a chat about things about the fact that sometimes I give advice to people that he knows for a fact I wouldn't take myself. <laughs> and he's he, what he was checking, and I I confirmed this. <laughs> was that it's the, I think the right advice for that player at that time. With right. That um, that's right. not necessarily how I would play that team, right. but it, it's probably right for them. And sure. that, you know, in terms of giving advice, that's probably the hardest thing to try and work out is what level am I giving the advice to?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because yeah. I might tell you something that I think would be brilliant, but if you don't know how to use it effectively, that's, that's going to probably limit yeah. you. Well, so,
2: and, Blood Bowl takes so much... It's so random that, yeah. you know, you. it's not like you just take something and then after one game you know if that was a good choice or not. Because yeah. who, who knows? You know what I mean? So it takes... For a new player, I think they get so... A lot of people get so bogged into Okay, what should I take on this ward answer? Okay, take strip ball. And then they come back an hour later, I took strip ball and the other guy had sure hands and it was useless. So that was dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that happens yeah, sometimes. You know? you know, and so... With new players, I always try to... I, I, I ask, They ask me, what should I take? I say, well, what do you want to take? And they say, well, I want to take Sprint on my War Dancer because I want him to move really fast. But I feel like everyone's going to say that's dumb. And I say, well, then take Sprint. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, you'll find out it's dumb on your own after you try it for a while. But I, w- I think that's a more natural, organic way to learn the game is to follow your own instincts and then realize they I were dumb. What,
0: what works and what doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: that that's true. And perhaps we're we're living in a halcyon world, though. Remember, unfortunately, if they're playing on fumble, they're going to be playing probably someone that's got a couple of hundred, if not thousand, games. Sure. So if you have multiple yes. suboptimal skills, that you're working out a suboptimal.
2: you're <laughs> yes. going to get, <laughs> gonna get um, whipped,
1: Yes, and that's yes. why people ask for advice. It's because they want shortcuts to that level of experience. Right. And do you know what? Right. It's not going to come that way.
2: Yeah, but but it's not going to because what makes you good is that you know why that skill is a good skill not that you just take that skill you know what I mean this leads us
0: nicely into our next segment because we have been doing updates now for about 20 minutes so we're going to lead on to (laughs)
2: well this has been a good conversation though it
0: is yeah I mean we didn't even talk about the fumble That the fact that you know there's the uh, the NAF World Cup warm up on there going on at the minute it's around four I think there's also um, what's the major at the minute totally forgotten
1: we're still in the UI, aren't we? Yeah. The- uh, oh, good no, oh, no, Crown of Sand. Crown of Sand.
2: Oh, Zach- Crown of Sand on, yes. Yep. Yeah. Zachistine just won today, and so him and Battle lore are so playing in one semifinal.
0: Something to drop in on the updates. Now this yeah. is maybe a conversation for next podcast, but I don't know if uh-huh. you noticed, but all the teams in that won the qualifiers are ranked teams.
2: Are they? Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't been, you know, the, that controversy when the tournaments got uh, combined, kind of died down as it always does. You know, people complain and then they...
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just stoking the fire again. That's yeah. all I'm oh, yeah. like. just stoking the so fire. So thanks
2: for bringing that back up. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some of our favorite box purists on, uh,
0: yeah, but on the but forums you know, but talking
2: about how unfair it is. It was an interesting
0: stupid. thing to... to I, saw, I saw it earlier. Actually, somebody directed my attention to it. <laughs> um, um, I will
2: say that your best argument against that is that right now the by far the biggest team on the site i think is still mrt's box elves which are now like yeah 3100 team value or something somehow but yeah
0: we no. will see um, we will see but it's just something maybe we could talk about on yeah, another podcast yeah, yep.
1: interestingly <laughs> whilst, whilst occasionally it does dip above it um and it usually is when the trophy new season starts at the moment ranked is getting more games in than black box
0: sure sure makes um,
2: sense
1: which hasn't always been the case so
2: yeah
0: well it kind and, of dips you know, isn't it it, it peaks yeah, when the box trophy starts again
2: yeah it
1: definitely does think, it often goes ahead for a couple of months then
2: i think there's a good connection to make there too that like we talked about the winning box trophy is not the same meta as building a team for a major
0: correct no. so, you no, know what no, i mean no, so no.
2: so so if a lot of people in box are playing for the box trophy they're not necessarily trying to build those teams up to play a, 2500 team value game in a major you know that's just not it's a totally different approach to team building so yeah, that could be why you're the, seeing
0: less bigger box teams, teams than aren't really getting the games now yeah, yeah because it, of the it's box tough. trophy
1: right yeah yep yes though of course I mean I, I've found recently with a couple of my teams coming towards the end of their run um, particularly when I, I had a the Norse were quite big I think at about, up at about 1780, 1800, and when they stopped playing, they were sort of a roof protecting some of the lower teams they've yeah. you know, got out of that rookie protection. We're in the you know low 20s for games. Right, so, yeah. You know, my goblins just ended at 1480 and pulled a, a, you know, a 17, 1800 Chaos packs team. Right. Because so some of those big teams are still going to get games once you've got a lot of games. Yeah, that's very true. That's
2: right.
1: very true. So yep. if, okay. you had, if you have stayed low or if, like me, you've had a load of death,
2: <laughs> then right.
1: they're still going to get you sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, our next segment. I I want to talk about um, attitudes towards dice, because I've seen quite a few posts recently, um, some in Discord, some knocking around on Fumble every now and again, um, quite a few on Facebook, and they generally follow this pattern. Mm -hmm. The dice or the RNG is fixed. I can't win (laughs) games... (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm rolling double schools every roll blah, mm-hmm. blah 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 I'm failing 5 plus dodges no. Yada 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 yada. Mm-hmm. so there is something I and others refer to as Blood Bowl Zen and I think that's yes. the point where you realise that it's not the dice it's you being shit <laughs> 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 and you know uh... what I've been there Yes. I've been yeah. in that place where it's like, Oh the dice are a joke, these dice are a joke and actually yeah. I needed to walk my well, game. And that's the, the Blood Bowl Zen bit. And I just wondered what your thoughts were on it really. The
2: the irony there is that realizing that is the first step to not being shit at Blood Bowl So a lot of people are in like a prison of their own mind right where if they could just understand that they were the problem they would get better and then they wouldn't lose and be so pissed off all the time but because they have to blame they're losing on something else it's just going to cycle forever and they're never going to get any better and okay you know, but that's, I mean,
1: that's a little grumpy old man way of looking at it that's also how they keep their morale going their sense of self going playing this game I mean, by telling it, themselves it's not them so yeah, some of it's self-defense, but yes, you're right. Once you can open up and admit, okay, I need to get better, not get better dice, yeah, yeah. You, but you'll I mean, improve. Yeah,
2: but, but, you know, I, it, it, that's true. I, I, you, you make a good point. But I, I think when, when I see people like that who have, you know, been playing for 15 years or 20 years or something yeah. and are still, like, blaming the dice every game, I mean, yeah, maybe that is how they rationalize that they didn't win and how, what keeps them going, but isn't that kind of sad that you're just in – <laughs> you've been – you've given into this delusion for like hours and hours, thousands of hours of your life. <laughs> oh,
1: at the risk of sounding horrifically liberal on this. I mean, you're right, but I've always defended the right of people to discuss because there's also a feral anti whining movement at times. And do you know what? If you're in a game and well, you yeah. know the game well enough to know that you are having very bad luck, right? To never mention that to another human being that you are playing that one two person experience with throughout the hour twenty minutes you're sat together, sure, sure. Even if it's online, seems a bit weird to me. Yeah, and and there are some players that if you even mention dice exist, fly into a rage. How dare you mention luck or dice? Yes, Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Come on, and there are those games.
1: Five ones in a row. Yeah, and and I'm not allowed to even mention that. Yeah, it's very difference to me between whining and complaining about dice with a validity.
2: Yeah, and then,
1: you know, complain once, then smile and say, "Oh well, fuck it." And so yeah, it's happens.
2: very, it's very contextual, right? Like wh- whether yeah, or not yeah, I'm going to be bothered by it, it very much depends on the opponent, the game, the situation. You know what I mean? What's appropriate and what isn't in terms of complaining? I think it really, you know, I don't know. It's hard to even really explain exactly why it bothers me sometimes and doesn't others. I, I yeah. think it's it's subtle differences about the person's attitude in general you know what I mean if the person is friendly and smiley and and, and having good chat otherwise and then also being like oh come on when they don't roll something well sure. I think that's a lot easier you know when someone is silent and doesn't say hello or good game or good job when you do anything well and, and then I think the one of the ones that really sets me off and I know it sets a lot of people off is the person who complains at every bad roll that they have yep. it says nothing when you fail something. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, you know, they get like I, there. There are guys who they'll get a snake eyes one turn, and oh my god, that's so unfair! Blah blah blah. When you got a snake eyes the turn before, and they just don't, and that doesn't matter to them at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, it,
1: they can't they can't see balance when it's right in their face. You know, right. I had, guy, I had a guy, and again, it was with my goblins, and I yeah. I I did get reasonably lucky. I was running two balls and chains, and they took three guys out. But right. one of them is, is Shorefeet and has Block and Mighty Blow. And the other one was the Star, so also has Mighty Blow.
2: Right. So, so yeah.
1: Know, I, I, they they do, do damage if they work. Yeah. So, he moaned yep. that they'd taken three guys out in a half, which isn't yeah. actually... They could have done a lot worse.
2: Yeah. I mean, And then people... completely
1: missed that... Um, yeah. I think it was five out of six KOs failed when I had a bait. Yeah. And when I mentioned that, he went, yes, but you broke armor. <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 I just saying,
0: what, what, you need to win everything, luckily to be
2: a bit yeah. lucky <laughs> yeah Maybe. i think uh,
0: you get those games as well that are unlucky yeah i'm not, I'm not denying that i'm not oh, saying yeah. that people oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't have those games where the dice are yeah, shocking I w- but i've seen I some of the best coaches play and win with terrible dice yes yes because tre- i mean does.
2: that's one way more often than you lost because of dice it happens that you lost because you failed something on turn one and got mad and then started playing shitty. And then, you know what I mean? And then you only saw the bad dice from there on out and just couldn't refocus and get yourself back into the game. That happens way more often than than, than the dice were just terrible. Because, I mean... It's for a bunch of freaking nerds, some of these people don't seem to understand math that way. The, the <laughs> dice even out. Okay, that's the way probability works. It, that's why casinos always make money because there's no such thing as someone getting lucky forever over and over and over again. It, yeah, it doesn't happen. You'll so, get a
1: high elf game where you fail seven, go for it's out of 19.
2: Right, and, and that's variance. that's luck. Th- that can happen, but when people say things like, oh, my high elf team is cursed, they've been unlucky for 50 straight games. No, they haven't. No, no they haven't. <laughs> they really haven't. They're not mathematically possible <laughs> to although i
1: did prove that slightly uh, my my mm-hmm. old chaos team which back way back during living rulebook four mm-hmm. um refused to take really sharp claws and claws on the same players uh, and mm-hmm. didn't have a dp because those were the two big metas i didn't do either of those and i played right. in slightly different ways and they did they did really well they had a really good successful record mm-hmm. but death had a season ticket in their stands and sure. because i'd played hundreds of games with them I could prove that we were suffering many many more deaths than we should have been um so do you know what that was true at 150 games by the time we hit about 350 400 it was no longer true
2: you know what i bet and there's no way to look this up now because those replays are lost and it would take forever to do it uh i've had this conversation with somebody before and what i realized was happening was you use the apple on badly hurts don't you no no with those I wasn't oh, that you, was, you a, weren't? Long, okay. yeah. was that... a
1: long-lived ranked team before I was yeah. and they weren't because in tournament, so uh,
2: I had somebody tell me oh your wood elves never have players die it's well because I save the apo for the kills and I say you know what I mean so over time if you do that you know
1: with some teams and certainly in a tournament I mean every sure. piece I consider is there to die at my whim
2: yeah, which is fine, oh, but I'm just... Fine. yeah, that office
1: the all... for winning the game, not for healing and hugging players. But in yeah. open play and ranked, uh, you know, I, I will only use it for missings, uh, not even missings, but for stat downs and kills usually. Sure. Unless yeah,
0: yeah that's contextual as well, isn't it? Play. I mean, we can have another apothecary conversation. But in terms in terms of the dice, I mean, sometimes I just it's, um, Liam from the Two Drunk Flings I commented on this post on Facebook earlier because there was this stream of. Uh, I, I don't. I can't. I don't know the guy's name, but it was basically he'd written something. The fact that he never wins against the AI. Um, what <laughs> was, A terrible, terrible blood uh, bowl player. And it was basically accusing the AI of cheating on BBT. I mean, that's but, oh w- without going into that. Basically, everyone was saying, look. Don't think it cheats. Yeah. There's probably, you know, some kind of level because you can have different settings and stuff. But right. maybe you need to find that BB Zen and, you know, look at how yeah. you play. And I, I wrote a bit of a lengthy message, mm-hmm. um, very politely, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to suggest that right. it may be skill so level. <laughs> uh,
2: but, uh,
0: right. Liam, God bless him, friend of the show, and he's been on, uh, basically, mm-hmm. to sum his post-up was... Uh, Maybe it's because you crap. Just stop moaning sure. and get better. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, well, and that's. Um, I mean, it summed it up really. That's um, the game, and you know, it is
1: because he's crap. I mean, that's true.
2: Right. It's yeah. obviously
1: <laughs> true because I've played BB2 and I've played the AI, and goodness me, I could stab myself in the eye with a fork and still beat it. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, whilst yeah. bleeding out. It's. I mean, it's awful at blood Bowl. So mm. <sighs> that's depressing. But people are like that. People <laughs> need to find ways to themselves coming back to a game that will kick you in the arse,
0: yeah. But the, yep. and the, the um, other big thing about it is it's that big fish little pond, right? So, I'll tell yeah. you my story when I, I used to play right. tabletop back in the day, and yeah. between me and my you know six people that were in the league, I was killing it, killing it with my dwarves, right? Yep. Easy, and um, so I came think away thinking, I oh, you know, I was all right a Blood Bowl, I was you know, <laughs> found fumble. <laughs> I, did, right. I think oh. I, did, I didn't win a game in my first 20 games, something like yeah. that, because it, well, just... well, it was just, I wanted a short
1: play entitled Ballad of the Real Life Hero, and That's it right. starts with a character arriving on Fumble, saying, uh, introducing himself with more self-knowledge than most people have hi, I'm new here, I will dominate at this because I have regularly beaten my four disinterested friends (laughs) and unfortunately that's often the case the person that comes to fumble is the one that did care about it the most and really got into it and read the rules and worked it out and did beat their four disinterested mates and well, little guess what? Some of the worst people here have played three thousand games and, and they l- beat all their disinterested mates. Right.
2: <laughs> little do you realize that there is someone like you in every single town in the world and they're all yeah. here already playing Blood Bowl and are no, way
1: better I, than you. To everyone that arrives with that sort of attitude, um, who then also traditionally tell us that stalling's terrible or that some rule they had in their house rule would change the game better. Mm-hmm. Or that the random, and then they go on to the after you know, three weeks of losing a lot, they blame the random nice a random number generator all the time. Right. But right. I was always saying, to them, look, there is a chance that you are the chosen one, that you will be, you know, the best at Fumble. Yes. And yes. there's a couple that arrived, I mean, I remember when Tara Barella arrived on um, Fumble, mm-hmm. I think he came over from BB2, and he did arrive with a little bit of, hey, I'm, you know, really good at this. Yeah. And he was, and really he, good was. he sure. was fantastic from at it, and heard, very quickly it did rise towards the top of the, of the rankings. So <laughs> yes. some people do, and there's, all, there's that 1%, 0.1% point zero one percent to be honest chance that right. you will right. but you won't and right you certainly won't do it
2: instantly because yeah. the odds have, that yeah the odds that you think it. that you think you're that person and the odds that you are that person are, are very different people
1: yes. have to tell themselves these stories if they're going to keep playing the game that it's the dice right or it's the way we play it or yeah. it's the client or it's you know it's unfair yeah. or, or that and I, I have three times accused Krista of building into fumble a special part (laughs) where he can make my dice notably worse than everyone else I think he's done that for me as well he has never denied it Um, (laughs) uh, obviously you know that way lies madness of course there is no conspiracy but there might be (laughs) (laughs) and if that's what keeps you coming back to play another game of Blood Bowl and if you're going to whine about it all game I'll, I'll try and be humane
0: about it yeah. But just remember well, there's a human being on the other side, too. Yeah, and um, it's nice to say sometimes, if the dice are terrible, you know, oh, yeah. man, yeah. bad dice, buddy. Or, oh, yeah, I always oh, do. it. Yeah, just acknowledge it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. I, I, mean, I always try to do that if the opponent is reasonable. Uh, or if, even they don't if you've got really first, good I'll dice
0: yeah. saying, yeah. my dice is shit hot. Sorry about this. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, if yep. I'm in a decent mood, even if I don't think you've had bad dice, but you do, I, mm-hmm. I might say yeah. Yeah. make you, you feel know, better and i might say you know oh yeah. sorry your dice were bad
2: and really you know there's when
1: inside i'm thinking they actually weren't but
2: you know that person needs that <laughs> so they play yeah, another man. game so and you know from the from the competitive standpoint of it i, I used to kind of think that that y- that you got like this edge by being that whiner because you know you want your opponent to think that i'm so good that he can only beat me if he's lucky and, and uh, but i i actually now think more so that you almost get more of a competitive edge if you're the other way if like like if i just keep scoring on someone and i'm like oh man look at me today i should i should go buy a lottery ticket i'm so lucky you know because <laughs> then they'll keep doing the stupid stuff they're doing thinking oh surely this will work <laughs> you know oh and sometimes yeah, you yeah, what do you know dick, i took the ball you? you again <laughs> what, what are the odds <laughs> you know that's amazing but so i i I I don't even think. Only if someone's being
1: really unpleasant, I have occasionally leaned in and sort of gone, oh, yeah, you know, I think your luck's just going to get worse or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I I do. I think of it as doing a
2: Morehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. See, and one thing I did, let me give one more thing is that I. I, I think it's much more forgivable on a new player who doesn't really know the math of the game that well. Oh, yeah. You know, when they, when they try, like, they dodge through three tackle zones that made no sense, and they say, oh, come on! You could kind of, oh, yeah, that's too bad, buddy. But... It bothers me a lot more when it's a good player who's played for a long time who should know damn well that that was a dumb move, and instead they're blaming it on dice. That's I tend to get more annoyed with that.
1: Yeah, the other day I took a risk because I, I, you know, I had spare pieces yeah. and I was already winning the game, and I dodged a Witch Elf into two tackle zones in order to do a side surf. Sure. And he said, well, of course, that shouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah. and I said, well, actually, because it's AG4 right. into two tackle zones, that's AG2, and because she has dodge and you don't have tackle, that's a one in four fail.
2: Yeah. If you had AG6 really? at every turn, yeah. <laughs> said,
1: so yes, th- that'll work three times out of four. It right. can't
2: be. Can't be.
1: Yeah. At that point, you go, okay. Well, then, <laughs>
2: <get some luck." laughs> yeah. Like, if I can I've just yeah, told yeah.
1: you why it worked. I mean, it's a risky move. It's not something I would do, you know, as a main strategy.
2: Right. But it
1: was fun. Um, right. so I did it, <laughs> right. and he, fun. yeah, he was outraged at the luck of that of mm-hmm. me failing mm-hmm. something. Right.
0: Okay, yeah. so on top of that, then, and we wouldn't, you know, we're not just a moaning. I know we've said, like we have moaned a lot at this podcast, but oh, I don't know, I don't think we have moans. But in top, sharing is caring.
1: A bit mockery too, yeah, a bit of mockery, <laughs> yeah. a bit
0: of mockery, yeah. Um, yeah. What what not to do then as a new player? So yeah. okay. helping helping the new guys out. If you're new to Blood Bowl, what is there not to do? Or what should you do? What are those main points that you shouldn't forget? For me, I'll give you an example. Today I was playing a game in Sybil, um, Mm -hmm. and I re-rolled a double push. Because Uh. it was positional, to be fair. I needed a rat out of the way so I could get my tackler onto a gutter runner. Mm -hmm. So I re-rolled the push Mm -hmm. into double skulls. Mm-hmm. And that is something mm-hmm. usually I would never ever do. Right. However, I did it and I've done it I've <laughs> done it before in the past when it's yep. like, like Purple Chest said uh, before we started recording, it's those anger re rolls or yeah. frustration yeah. re rolls. Yep. So yeah, my, my one bit of advice is don't re roll pushes. Unless you <laughs> really, really have to tactically. So, I yeah, I mean I think uh, It's really tough to do, particularly
1: when you're new at the game or if luck has just kicked you in the balls. But emotion should be left out of decision making um, unless it's their emotion. (laughs) I will sometimes take a decision because I think it's going to affect the opponent's emotions. Yes. You know, just because that DP has just got lucky and hurt something you love doesn't mean you should necessarily hit it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't. Right. But it doesn't mean, you know, the revenge hit or the anger foul or the, as you said, the the frustration re-roll of a two-die that actually the push wasn't that bad. Right, right. Um, I mean, I have re-rolled blocks when I think I've got surplus re-rolls or if it's really important. But if it isn't Uh, a fail, then to use a re-roll on it is usually not a great choice.
0: And that kind of links into single dice blocks, one-dice blocks. Mm -hmm. And you've got to ask yourself is this necessary oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sure
1: yeah i mean it, and again it's so race dependent isn't it i mean if you're a little dwarf stood yeah, next yeah. something, you've got yeah. a 50 percent chance of a power against most things at like low tv sure. so then probably it's a good chance to do it but on the other hand you know perhaps you're holding him there and it's so vital he does yeah. that even a one in six of him not being stood up and the other guy being free to move just isn't worth taking Yep. I mean, so I, mean, I do a lot less one-die blocking than a lot of Dwarf coaches do because sometimes the position is much more important to me than the chance of a power.
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll think about... Uh, you got to consider the counter move to any move also. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, if, uh, if my guy has dodge, let's say, and the other guy doesn't have tackle, I yep. might not throw that one-die block because I'm saying, well, his odds of hitting me back are very low. You know what I mean? Whereas my odds yeah. of knocking him down or... You know what I mean? So...
1: Similarly, is if, it going to be incredibly easy for him to get an assist and two die on me next turn? Right, right. And all be facing of, the same one die choice?
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, so, sometimes I'll think about things like, okay, do I want to dodge away from a, a diving tackle player with one of my elves? Okay, that's a uh, 50-50. Well, if, uh, if the other guy has diving tackle and he has tackle mighty blow his odds of knocking me down are higher than 50-50. So you you might as well try to dodge, right? Because what's going to happen if you don't is more likely to hurt you than, you know, so...
1: I want to take a quick aside there. It's also a way of limiting the range of that diving tackler on his next turn.
2: Oh, sure, sure. So there's so so many... If
1: you like it on the ground where it is, perhaps only able to move four or five rather than standing up and able to move nine then dodging away from it can sometimes be a brilliant way of trying to do that.
2: Yeah, but j- you know, just in general, for newer players, the concept of, think about what's going to happen if this works, what's going to happen if it doesn't work. Don't just think about the odds of it working or not working, but think about the consequences of success or failure too. And if the consequences of failure are really, really bad and the consequences of success are mediocre, don't do it. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. It, it...
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm completely with you. This is going to sound quite zen though. Because I heard this thing from a rock climber the other day. If the route you're going up isn't working, don't persist. Go down a step and find a new route. And I think the same might be true of sort of learning Blood Bowl. So if you've got to the point where you're not doing all the super safe stuff first. Mm -hmm. So the first way you learn, obviously, is you stand your players up, and then you do your simple moves, and then you do your tougher ones. But as you get better at Blood Bowl, some of those stood-up players will stay down until the position develops during the course of a turn, for example. Sure. Now. If you're struggling, if you're getting kicked in the ass, go back to basics. Do the simple stuff. Yep. Do the safe stuff. Yep. Um, and, and still look for those opportunities. Still try and be creative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but just nail down the basics. Make sure you're yes. not missing those. Because sometimes you're so excited about something new you're doing that you're yep. actually leaving you know some of the basics undone or taking too many big risks. Yep. And similarly, I mean, I always, when I was terrible at the game, which I still am often, but... <laughs> I would have a little motto to myself that when Nuffer was really kicking my ass, I would go green. You know, if the dice were mean, I would go green. Sure. And that meant I'd go back to my safety race, which was Orcs. Sure. Because their ability to get knocked about and stand up is nice. The Mm -hmm. fact that they skill up without losing too many players means that you're getting something that keeps your morale high. Yeah. Um, And they can do a little bit of everything. So perhaps again, you know, (laughs) you, you said you've been playing Goblins, Underworld... I mean, go back to something that can play a little bit of Blood yeah. Bowl
0: and, yeah. and see what well, that right. does. Just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. What happens. yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, there was a little discussion uh, on Fumble about Chorfs, uh, Chaos Dwarfs, and who handles the ball. Yeah, okay. now, this was a nice
1: forum thread,
2: wasn't
0: it? Mm. Yeah.
2: I didn't it see it, but I've heard that argument many, many times over the years. So, so yeah,
0: I mean where do you stand? Oof, we're not I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm we'll sure. say we'll say which piece we think should, and then we'll give our reasons.
2: Okay. okay.
0: Purple chest. Both. <laughs> and you're t- you're talking about bull centaur and hobgoblins. Yes. Not, not blocks. I want, I want one of each. Minotaur. Okay. Yeah, okay. Morehouse. Sure. Uh
2: hobgoblin for me.
0: And bull centaur for me.
2: Okay.
1: Now, my Hobgoblin will do most of my carrying, most of my picking up on my offenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I want one bull, ideally with sure hands, and if it gets agility, fantastic, sure. because on your offense, he's going to pick the ball up and run with it. And right. on my offense, if I think I need the extra strength or move on that ball, or if you're not a blitz threat, even if I fail it, then I mm. might be handling with the So I I genuinely think both is my answer, and I develop teams, even though that's perhaps not massively TV efficient, with two ball handlers. Mm -hmm.
0: Morehouse. Uh,
2: Well, for me, one of my main, and like every rule in Blood Bowl, they're, they're always meant to be broken, and they don't apply in every situation, but I have always been of the belief that if you play properly, that strength does not really matter on your ball carrier because people shouldn't yeah. be blocking your ball carrier. And so uh, it, to me, uh, if, if I have a, I'm thinking if I have a bull centaur with the ball, I'm wasting a strength four player cause he's never going to get blocked cause I'm not going to put him out of position and then let him get blocked. So for me, I want a weaker player with the ball because all he's going to be doing is standing there while my other the rest of my team paves the way for me. So I, I like the bulls free to do that. Uh, I think there are – I was talking to uh, Pekka about it the other day, and he kind of made the joke that if you have a sure-hands uh, hobgoblin, if you have a ball-handling hobgoblin, and that's one less dirty player on the pitch. And so that's true. If you like to foul a lot, like he likes to use the minotaur, and he likes to foul a lot. Right. So if you have a if you have a, a ball carrying hobgoblin and a minotaur and everybody else, then you only have one dirty player on the pitch, and yeah. so maybe if you carry with the bull, then you can have two dirty players and foul more. So there's always different ways to to do it. I to me, I I don't like four plus pickups. I I, I think I've, it's because I've played so much elf bowl in my life that like. I've just seen so many times where the other guy tries to pick the ball up and fails, and I just feel like, well, the game's over. I just won. You know, <laughs> on turn one, you fail to pick up. I got the ball. You're never going to get it back. And so I on a bashing team, I really want to make sure I get that ball secured on turn one. So my highest agility player is really important to me to be the guy to try to pick it up.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. First,
2: Mark, I, why
1: why the Um, um Why the hobgob?
0: Why the ball sensor?
2: Yeah. The...
0: Um... A bit in contrast to what you said, Morehouse, uh-huh. Uh I quite like the strength on a ball carrier. Okay. Because my positioning isn't very good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> okay. It's a so bit I'm of a safety net. A little, little more on. forgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, well, what I like to do, I mean, uh, you've got the speed there with the ball as well. Uh, you know, If you get a sure hands block break tackle... Mm-hmm. Um, to, I mean, to me, that's bigger than the strength. is a is a strength
2: for break tackle. Yeah, yeah it's it's
0: it's the movement sure. of it, um,
2: yep. and sprint into your sure feet. Obviously, is really yeah, nice.
0: ac- absolutely. And if you yeah. give the other ball, you know, if you make the like, all the ball, your blitzer killer, mm-hmm. um, frenzy tackle, block yeah. mighty blow, whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, you can use them in tandem, um, and that's what I generally do. And yeah. my hobgoblins. Become dirty players, just yeah wrestle, whatever.
2: The
1: the thing the thing is that that, and I think this is quite persuasive to me, is that if there's a hobgoblin carrying the ball inside a cage, that's one less hobgoblin that the opponent can hit.
2: Yeah, it's less because they are low armor.
1: Certainly in NAF format, so in very low T V resurrection formats, I think I would always carry with a hobgoblin. I think your bulls sure. there need to be your threats, and they need to be out.
0: Yeah, and, and especially when it rains, then that's a pain in the ass. Yeah,
1: right.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean that's it's an interesting thought, really. The way
1: I... It's never going to get solved. It really isn't. It's, it's no, one it's of the
0: not. Well, today. I'd quite like to open it up in discussion on the Fumble Podcast Discord channel.
2: Okay, um, sure. So
0: I'll put yeah. a link. I'll put a link to the channel on the description. And, Tell um, them be
1: wise or persuasive and we will name check you and read it out. Yeah, definitely.
0: But it was but just an interesting thing. But onwards and upwards, <laughs> BB3. Oh,
1: okay. yes. Now, wow, what a controversy that caused a storm in the Twitter net for about 10 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, long time, so, I, <laughs> so I put an announcement out saying that BB3 was coming in 2020 and would have an entirely new rule set and everyone went, ah, oh, new rule set. Oh, my goodness. We've only just had a new rule set. Now there's going to be another new rule set. How evil a Games Workshop. And, of course, it turned out to be nonsense. What they meant is they are catching up with BB 2016. So it will be new to online. Uh, Blood Bowl uh... 2 will be surpassed, and Blood Bowl 3 will have the 2016 rule set, supposedly
2: it won't be totally new to online because we already have it on Fumble <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be new to cyanide for sure yes, yes new to cyanide <laughs> yeah. so that'll mean piling,
1: out, piling on
2: goes um,
1: whether they will do seasons and how they will do seasons I mean their they're CCL already sort of has seasons but it's seasons where the team dies Sure. Um, so seasons where the team has to do an end of season and can then go into the next CCL uh, might be very interesting.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see how they do it, because uh, will they keep wizards? Will they keep... Or will they do well, racial wizards? Or... Uh, I mean, I would
1: imagine they'll try and do all of that. Now, they've given themselves some time, but you've also got to imagine that it's in development at the moment.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: yes. Because if it's due for 2020, then it must be... you know they, they can't be starting it now. It must be well underway from what I know of computer game development. Yeah. I've got of mates in the biz. Sure. Uh, and even if they're not massive titles, you're still looking at three to four years to get a game out. Now, or it could be like building all the architecture and all the other stuff, and they haven't put the races and the skills in yet.
0: Yeah, well, I would imagine but, they'll uh, be using the, a lot of the framework of BB2, surely, not they? Surely. But, I mean, I mean, we've
1: got a lot more spikes to come, haven't we? We're due more teams. And how many of those are going to make it in their 2016 or later incarnation into BB3? I don't know. Um, it be interesting to see. But certainly yeah. there'll be no... You no, know, the races that we know are dead won't be there, will they? So there'll be no Slam um, or Kislev. Um, presumably there'll be no Bretonian or Corn, um, and who knows? We might get other
0: things. Yeah, yeah. It will be interesting. It will be very interesting. But it's certainly a uh, worth a mention. I think we'll keep we'll keep that in the boiling pot, and we'll keep bringing that back up now and again. I think.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that it's happening. It means more support for Blood Bowl. It means more people playing Blood Bowl. Um, I, I think that's good. I play on Blood yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I agree. So it's, you know, it's, it's a reasonable version, the old rule set. Yeah. Um, and it's got a loyal player base that are still playing it years after release, and that's great. Yeah, that's,
0: I still play. I ball, blood Bowl
1: is good Blood Bowl to me.
0: Defo. Um, okay. On to uh, last week. Last week. Last podcast. We had two competitions. One for a Sin City goodie bag, thanks to <laughs> Mark Pare. And also, you know that Star player we talked about. Yes, was right in saying it was an amalgamation of two of the co-founders, basically. Right, oh. which would make sense. Sure, right. which would make sense. So one we of them had a competition name, and the other one is smaller, made of metal. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, and we exactly had that, uh, right. they donated a Sin City Bowl goodie bag. Yes, um, and the winner. Oh, shall I tell you what the competition was first. Yeah, so the competition was. Um, I thought of a number from. One two a thousand.
1: And he put it in a channel live so that me and Morehouse could
0: see it at the time and can verify it hasn't changed since. And that number oh. was six three nine. Okay. And the closest guess we had mm-hmm. um, was three away. No shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's, three that's away. Good. Well and that done. person was Strider.
2: Oh, of, Strider. Course. of course. Strider. When Annoyingly... He is. He is. <laughs> Annoyingly
0: he guessed
1: it within about ten minutes of the podcast. Oh, yeah, he really had
0: he just said, so, well, been like, scaring
1: it? up other people to enter all for two weeks. <laughs> I've been doing so with a slightly heavy heart, uh, knowing they'd have to get incredibly lucky to beat him. But for the first week, it was a duel between the two people that had entered the competition. And uh, uh, I felt that wasn't really fair. So
0: Yeah, and yeah, I got quite a few, ranging from, you know, single digits to 999 to 666. Somebody had to do that. Of um, Bless so,
1: him, Krista did a guess and then two people instantly guessed one above him and one below him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Which
0: was funny. Um, Which anyway. was funny. But yeah, well done, uh, Alex. Well done, Chris. Uh, Strider, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, get in touch with me and I will sort it out with Mark so he can send you that Sin City Bowl goodie bag. Yeah. Um, and the last one. Oh, how much fun have we oh, had this with this? this brilliant. Yeah.
1: It's, it's really caught people's imagination. So we had a set of halflings to give away from the lovely people at Tritex Games uh, who sponsored the podcast for us, which is nice of them, and also have a, a cracking array of Blood bolts. supplies. They really do. Um, you know, lots of different makers there and lots of sort of dice and other accessories and skill rings and things. Um, and they're giving away some flings. And I have in the past said some controversial things about one of the flings who has a squirrel on its head uh, which now every time I think of the old uh, you won't know if you're not in the United Kingdom but the old fantasy football jingle about Jason Orange having a pineapple on his head
0: um, <laughs> no, but it anyway not Jason um, Orange Jason Orange was in Take not That not Jason
1: Orange it was another play- it was a player with a name that was something like that anyway um, um, you're right yeah. Jason Orange was in Take That so <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's one of the blood bowl heads for the flings and I guess it could be on any player has a squirrel on its head. And I said, that should have been a different positional. What's the, what skill or what, what described to me what this squirrel does. And really people have taken a and run with it. Haven't they? It's been oh massively
0: killer. so the detail
2: we've had. Yeah. what well- Well done, uh, Dave, on that one, because you really caught the imagination uh, with that request of of the entire fumble world. Yeah, I think what
1: we've learned is that the Blood Bowl playing community really wants Flings to have a squirrel (laughs) skill of some description. Yes. Though they really varied. Um, Lots of people came up with it as basically an equivalent of the Doom Diver in some way, trying to make it into a Mario flying hat. Uh, <laughs> sure, a I'm big sure. Nintendo no to anything referencing Mario in Blood, Blood, <laughs> Um so thanks for trying but those aren't winners but we had so many good ones I mean we had a, a completely mad one from uh-huh. a fan of the show Candlejack uh-huh. his one is a squirrel <laughs> whisperer yeah. um, which is <laughs> a fleeing except with the squirrel s- the skill squirrel whisperer <laughs> and I warn you, stay with me, this gets complex. So instead of performing any other action, he can send his squirrel up to any treeman he's adjacent to, from both sides, or stars. On a D six, the squirrel is upset and bites the squirrel whisperer whisper in the groin, of course.
2: <laughs> Plays <laughs> the squirrel
1: example. whisperer prone and make an armor and in injury roll as if he was blocked by a player with mighty blow. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't call a turn- cause a turnover, unless of course he was holding the ball. But on a two plus the squirrel runs up to the treeman and tickles it. As a result, the treeman jumps one square. The direction described is decided randomly by a D3. Oh the God. eligible square determines by treating it as if the squirrel whisperer blocked it, resulting in a push. The treeman may not use stand foam, as he's totally surprised. Should the treeman jump into an occupied square, regular chain push rules apply. Um, so tickling... Tickling squirrels and jumping trees. I love <laughs> the insanity of it. It's mm-hmm. a it's a firm contender. Uh, yeah, it does caught my eye, but that's that's not the winner.
2: Any catch your right, eye, guys? Uh, I liked uh, I believe it was Christopher, but forgive me. Call me out if someone else had this idea, but someone did a Baldur's Gate uh, Minsk reference with the halfling ranger and he tells the squirrel to go for the eyes like Boo. <laughs> yeah, uh, that the and eyes, and,
1: boo. Go for the eyes, boo. Uh, and, uh,
2: Baldur's Gate is my favorite all time video game. My my like a flagship ranked team is uh, is is inspired by Baldur's Gate, and so yeah, I was happy to see that entry.
0: Yeah, um, one of my favorites, and just because it reminded me of uh, one of my favorite films, was Waza. Um If you've uh-huh. seen, um... oh, it escapes me now. What's the film? What's the film? You know the one I, I mean. Know.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, Start saying what it does and then maybe we'll come to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the one with the rabbit. I <laughs> yeah, can't remember. There's that. a lot of films to choose from at the moment. Can you Mighty narrow it? Honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Holy oh, Grail, yeah. I like it, honestly. I've got to the point yeah. where I've had too much brandy. Okay. <laughs> sure. Is um, such a thing as too much brandy? Well, yeah. just enough. Possibly. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he says, Alternative, I'd like to. uh the squirrel to be Monty Python-esque, like the rabbit. Once per sure. drive, the squirrel jumps off uh, the halfling's head and becomes another player, like legal substitution, but appears next to the halfling, not in the end zone. Five, one, three, four, Titchy, dodge, dauntless, and claw.
2: <laughs> you know, nice. the bit of... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, use the holy hand, a little hand yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tim. has no ordinary rabbit.
0: Tim. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, complete mental blank then. I don't know what was going on. Right, I've uh, woken up had, We've had
1: all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, you know, talking with trees, we had squirrel hunters, we had a, a version right. of the elf blanket that Frodo uses in Lord yeah. of the Rings. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> I mean, people yeah. went properly crazy with this. Um, as a great. quick yeah. aside, someone suggested that it, that it should make, because it's annoying, that trees should be able to kick it using the kick teammate rules which can <laughs> look up the Grack and Crumbleberry team rules and we need to discuss sure. that another time because yes we take a position different to NAF in that i don't think it's that broken yeah uh, there's one thing i'd need to change about it but other than that i wouldn't mind facing it mm-hmm. so anyway that's for another time um so all <laughs> sorts of just brilliant entries thank you so much for them we should probably read them all yeah. out they were so funny but yeah uh, should we go to the winner yes Okay, uh, the winner is coming from Falling Down Joe, and he says his position is a Halfling Positional Squirrel Wrangler, 0-1. to one. It's going to cost you 50k. It's going to come in at 5-2-3-5, so it's losing a point of the AV. Passing access only, general agility and strength on doubles. It comes with Dodge Stunty, no right stuff, but it comes with Squirrel Attack which is going to have the same rules as hypnotic gaze. So he says, whilst ferret-legging is a classic halfling entertainment, the position of squirrel wrangler is a much nobler and more valued profession in halfling society. The squirrel wrangler spends many months breeding, selecting and training their chosen squirrel, ensuring that when the call comes, the squirrel will do anything asked of it. While some races would have turned this to martial advantage, for halflings this could only be used in one way. At halfling feasts, the squirrel will travel up and down the table, selecting the choicest cuts or delicacies, and delivering them to the Wrangler and local dignitaries. When Halfling started playing Blood Bowl in the village of Brindleton, it didn't take long for the local Wrangler to spot a new outlet for his very special skills. The next match is now famed throughout Halfling lands for the terrified screams made by their opposition as an enraged squirrel threw (laughs) itself at their faces, thoroughly distracting them from the game that they want to play. Weirdly enough, referees have a habit of ignoring this blatant breach of the rules. Someone might also think they're afraid for their nuts. The Mechanic (laughs) (laughs) A successful squirrel attack gives the halfling a chance of freeing up a marked treeman or in desperate times opening up a cage. However, the reduced AV makes the wrangler is a serious risk of being removed from the pitch next turn. He's too busy protecting his squirrel from harm to save him. He's got passing access on normal skills to represent the number of skills he practices. Leader represents his charisma and position in society. Nerves of steel, the guts required to train the scratchy, bitey little bastards, and dump off as he has (laughs) quick hands from wrangling squirrels. Um, I love him. I love the fact that he's lost a point of AV, making him you know at risk of being Very well really I love yeah. the fact that he's got passing access only, um, yep. and only that, that it's hypnotic gaze so I think that's absolutely fantastic I think hypnotic gaze uh, on one really fragile squirrel bearing halfling would be sure. a wonderful addition to the halfling team so congratulations yeah. falling down Joe or perhaps commiserations we'll make sure that a halfling team yeah makes get in touch it. with yeah. one of us um, yeah. i've, got, I've still
0: got a few prizes to post actually so i can do one big yeah. bulk order um yeah. great that was really I, good so thank you to everybody that took part and put in they yeah. were so funny to read yeah. we i wanted had a to, lot of fun
2: yeah. uh let me give a quick little shout out while we're on the topic of prizes before i forget uh did Quarian 8 get a hold of you about his prize that he won last time, Mark? Yes. Because, yeah, I haven't I posted it
0: off yet, but I will do. Okay. Yeah. I, I wanted to, to share
2: for the group because I thought this was so cool. Uh, so Quarian won the, the Nurgle competition for Nurgle Memories for the time he had an amazing upset win over Stone Troll's Nurgle team. And he has decided to give the pitch that he won to Stone Troll, as they are real-life friends, and Stone Troll actually is in need of a pitch right now, because his is all worn down from use, and he's a more active tabletop player than Quarian uh, is. So I thought that was a nice little paying yeah, it forward, and uh, very cool way to use your prize uh, to help out a friend, and so, good good job for you, good job. Yeah, well done, buddy, uh,
0: well done, buddy. Talking about helping
1: people out, there was one I quite liked from uh, from Ram Ramchop, which was all about the squirrel steering the fling using his hair as a steering wheel, pulling on it, giving a <laughs> kick-off return, and then weirdly also sure hands. <laughs> but after putting his entry in, he then wrote because it was done in the Discord channel. But I like someone
0: else's better. <laughs> At which point, obviously, I had to instantly discount
2: it, didn't I? Right. <laughs> You've already lost. Yeah, yeah well,
0: That's fair enough. I like Ramchop. He's a good fellow. He's yeah. a um, lovely guy. And and just... I mean,
1: that's such an honest thing to say. Look, here's my idea. But that person's is better. Lovely. <laughs> lovely.
0: Um, and just to finish off, I've been getting quite a few messages um, about love for uh, Trevor Fistcock. If you remember, uh, <laughs> was, if you remember Trevor Fiscock.
2: I think that was the, the most laughter I've ever experienced. Uh, uh, that was so, quite a moment. He's been mentioning quite a few
0: <laughs> messages to me and stuff. So um, if there's anybody that is out there that is going to put Trevor Fiscock in we their team... A-
2: we need to talk to uh christer about making that an official, official like a, like, an, like, an, like an easter egg journeyman, where if you, <laughs> if, you, if, you if you draw a trevor fistcock you get a prize or something it's one in a million or, or something <laughs> like that that would be a lot of fun it would be a lot of fun but there's
0: there's quite a few that are quite uh, innuendo you look i the
1: open messages that start <laughs> I think that's, those go those straight great in my spam folder <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. that's very true, yeah that's very true <laughs> anyway we have come to the end of another podcast quite a meaty a one. one and still yeah, we had loads to talk about which we didn't fit in so we're going to have to put that into the next one um, yeah, but yet again we really appreciate you and that we we mean this from the bottom of our hearts we really appreciate yes. you taking the time to listen um, mm-hmm. and dropping us messages and getting in touch because it makes it all worthwhile that we just Absolutely. don't wrap it on each other if you want
1: us to talk about or if there's anything you think we're completely wrong about um yeah, we're not but you might think that. Um, <laughs> sure. feel free to drop us a PM <laughs> on Fumble or pop into in the, the main Fumble Discord channel, we've got a sub channel. Anything you yep. put there we usually end up replying to yeah, one of us is yes. so. or is that day at some point.
0: A little bit of yeah. a plea. Um, if you follow us on iTunes, you can download us on iTunes. If you wouldn't mind putting a review on iTunes, um, oh, yeah. because we've got two. We've got one um, five-star, which I think was me, uh-huh. um, <laughs> and one one-star, which yeah, I think was in response it, to uh, something which... Morehouse said. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: hey. hey. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the one that is enraging Blood Bowl Reddit, uh, all right? so well, you can't play. well, no, we weren't mentioning <laughs> no, the we name. We weren't, mention weren't <laughs> mentioning the name
0: oh yeah okay don't even get me started on the (laughs) archaic use of reddit oh look
1: Um, lovely if you do enjoy this if you know anyone else that's in you know share us link us whatever because we're just we're doing this for fun and if you're enjoying it then maybe someone
0: else would too yeah lovely but until next time (laughs) all right take care everybody yeah thanks for listening. rolling those dice Thank you for listening, everyone. We do enjoy your company when we get it. Um, If you want to follow us on Facebook or Twitter, um, just come along and like us, even on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes, too, to remember to write that review. And we can also find us on Patreon. Take care, everyone. This podcast is sponsored by tritexgames.co.uk.